What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy Football Canadians podcast. My name is Jordan Parhar. It's been a long time. I feel like we say that every time we do an episode. It's our annual mock draft edition of the podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Jacob Hall. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, definitely, like, like you said, more of an annual thing at this point. But uh, I think we just get the... Uh, you know, the, the excitement and the, and all the, with all the draft news and, you know, draft props and all this stuff. So it's kind of smoke screen season as well, but I think for me and you, yeah, we just, you know, this is the part of the year we really enjoy. So why not? Why not indeed? Yeah, this is, this is definitely um, my favorite part of the year on the NFL calendar. Um, just so much intrigue, so many possibilities And I think for people like you and I who root for horrible teams in the Dallas Cowboys and Las Vegas Raiders, it's a day in which we have hope um, until our teams select Tristan Hill or Damon Arnett (laughs) or somebody that we we aren't fans of. But um, we're happy to be here. We're excited to record. Um, I said I apologize to people who listened to last year's edition of our mock draft show. I said that we would do a follow-up if we got more than five listeners. Jake, we had... Uh, we had over 300 listeners. That's pretty good for us. I, I would say that's pretty good. So we probably should have done a follow-up. I guess technically this is the follow-up. We're just doing it a year later. Um, but you should have, for if, and behind the scenes, you should have seen us trying to record this podcast. I was trying to do it on Skype and the the um, the software I used to use for doing that wasn't working. And then we're trying to get a Zoom call going. And it just, there is so many, so many hoops were jumping through. I felt like such a boomer. I had no idea how to do anything. Like you, you would never know that I used to podcast like five times a week. Um, it, it was really embarrassing on my end, um, but that's okay. Uh, we'll have fun. We'll still get this done. And I'm really looking forward to doing this. So um, for those of you who did not listen to last year's edition of our mock draft show, or you forgot uh, what we did, um, no worries. I'm going to explain what we're doing here now. Uh, basically the concept of this show is Jake and I are going to go through the first round of the NFL draft, the 2021 NFL draft, the second COVID uh, related draft, although it's happening in Cleveland this year, but there are many parts of the world like where we are in which uh, COVID is running rampant, unfortunately. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to project all the picks for each team. We are not going to be picking uh, who we would take for these teams. So uh, for example, when the Cowboys and the Raiders are picking, uh, we might make questionable picks, but that's because we expect our teams to make questionable decisions. Um, we are going to have Jake make all the selections for the odd number teams, and I will make all the selections for the even number teams. Um, Jake, did I miss anything or do you think we're good to go? I think we're good to go. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess the, the, the only thing I would say again, like you kind of mentioned, we do not, unless you, Jordan, you surprise me, but uh, don't have insider info. So this is kind of just what we're seeing, what we're hearing, and then probably a dash of maybe some logic that we might see, but you know, again, we're not, we're projecting something. It's, it's more of a projection, not like a, you know, I had a talk with uh, Urban Meyer the other day and <laughs> he's giving me some insight. So more for fun. Yeah, we'll save that for Mel Kuyper and, and, and Daniel Jeremiah. Um, I will add, though, last year at the start of the podcast, I did say we'll be lucky if we get two picks correct and we, don't, we shouldn't get any more right. 
we made a couple of a player like position team matches. Like we did pretty well with that, especially with those offensive linemen at the start of the draft. We nailed the first two picks. So good on us. We had Herbert going to the Miami dolphins, um, which uh, in hindsight, I think the dolphins would have really liked. Um, and then what, oh, we had Jerry Judy to the Broncos. We nailed that one. Um, nice, I'm to think nice. what else we had. We, yeah, we had a, we had a few good ones. Um, we had a few <laughs> ones that weren't weren't even close, like Derek Brown going third overall to the Detroit Lions. Um, but we don't need to worry about that. We're having fun. We're just going to talk about what we're hearing, and um, yeah, we might talk about some draft props as we go um, along as well. Um, not because um, we're into that, of course, just completely and entirely hypothetical. There, there is no way that uh, two professional men. Um, such as ourselves would involve ourselves in that kind of nonsense. Um, but without further ado, Jacob, you are on the clock, sir. Uh, Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars picking first overall might be the easiest first overall pick um, that we've seen in, in quite some time. Yeah. And I think you just got to go Mac Jones. No, obviously <laughs> it's going to be uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think, you know, as stated by a lot of people he's kind of been the first overall pick in this draft uh for years um probably coming out of his uh, out of um, high school like he's just been that on the map and me and you had this conversation like it's pretty unique for a player to be the number one player in the country coming out of high school um you know win a national championship and play at the high level that he did and then also be the first overall draft pick. Like the amount of hype for Trevor Lawrence has not been seen. Even Andrew Luck was, I think, coming out of high school, like in the 50s um, for quarterbacks uh, that year. So like we're talking about a, tr- a truly unique um, quarterback who, I mean, let's face it, Jacksonville kind of got lucky that the Jets decided to win a game at the end of the year. Um but yeah, I look at Trevor Lawrence, it's kind of a no-brainer. Urban Meyer, uh, you know, it's just for a, a franchise like Jacksonville that's really struggled with quarterback, it could not have gotten better for them. So I think, you know, obviously this is a done deal. And if you want to bet $50,000, you might win 1000 on this. So I don't know if anyone would do that. But yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is the, the ultimate... Uh, you know, it's, it's a sign seal delivered kind of thing. Well, he already has the playbook, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a done deal. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to go first overall. Um, you know, of luckily um, for him, Chris Sims is not the GM of the, uh, of the Jacksonville oh Jaguars God. because we did see uh, Kellen Mond going first overall. Um, I don't think we need to add too much about Trevor Lawrence other than, you know, this is a fantasy football related podcast. So I, I do want to ask you, Jake, what do you, how do you see Trevor Lawrence um, playing in terms of fantasy wise uh, in your one? Do you think he could be a QB one top 12 finish or, or do you think he's going to be a little bit slow out of the gate? I think he could be because he, he is an athlete as well. Um, he's got great athleticism. I think you look at the supporting cast that he has, um, you know, you know, my love of LaVisca Chenault, uh, DJ shark is a great player. Um, they also have a later pick. Uh, I believe it's 20, where is it? 25. So 25. Yep. You know, and they've been, again, well, no spoilers because we were going through this at the same time. Um, 
but I could very well see them drafting a receiver or drafting alignment or doing whatever um, to prop up um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you need him to be upright or else it's a total disaster for them moving forward. So um, I think, I think the mix of athleticism, the mix of talent, I think he could be a, a QB one, but um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a pretty small list of rookie quarterbacks doing that. So um, could happen. I, w- I would probably say he's, he's definitely a top 15. I don't know if he's a top 11 this year. The thing with Urban Meyer, too, is his quarterbacks. He's had, I mean, and part of it is, you know, we, when you think Urban Meyer, you often think Tim Tebow. But there is a history with de- designed QB runs with Urban Meyer. So I do wonder yeah. if Alex Smith we'll see a little. Yeah, Alex Smith, right? We, we might see a little of that with Trevor Lawrence, uh, especially based on his athleticism. So I, I'm going to call it right now. I think he's going to be a QB one for fantasy top 12 finish in, nice. in 2021, but we will have to wait and see for that. Moving on to the second overall pick um, in this tw- 2021 NFL draft. And um, this one is close to a- as much of a slam dunk as the first overall pick. And that's, um, a quarterback out of Brigham Young, Zach Wilson to the Jets. Um, we've since, uh, you know, since the draft uh, season has started, Sam Darnold has been traded to the Carolina Panthers, which um, has left. I mean, everybody, even at the time when they had Sam was speculating that Wilson would go there. This seems to lock it in even further. Um, everybody's talking about it. They love Zach Wilson. So we'll see what, um, how he does in year one. Uh, I've seen some Baker Mayfield talk with Zach Wilson, which I think is interesting. He's got a huge arm. Um, lots of talk about the athleticism um, as well with him. And of course, uh, at his pro day a few weeks ago, there was that insane throw that he had. I don't, I'm sure you saw that, Jake. And then mm-hmm. people on Twitter were saying, well, look, Sam Darnold can make this exact same throw. And here's a clip of him doing it in a game. And he was just in shorts. So it, it's, it's interesting with Zach Wilson. Um, a, a lot of, a, a lot of uh, the, the big draft media love him but then we have people like uh, matt waldman who you and i respect uh, greatly uh and he's got zach wilson as i believe his qb6 so um i don't know if you're aware of that jake but um super super interesting what are your thoughts on zach wilson the thing with zach wilson i don't know um i think he does have an insane amount of arm talent the question for me, and again, this is like not me the tape grinder or anything like that, is they didn't play um, – well, they didn't play many games, but they also didn't play a lot of good teams. Um, they tried, like, you know, full full credit to BYU. Like, they tried – I think it was Washington and Oregon. They tried to get games against. But the problem is um, – well, it wasn't really a problem for Brandon Young because they, they, they had a great year – but it's just like that upper echelon um, team like, like for, the, for them. Like it, it was just not – you're not playing against NFL-caliber players necessarily week in and week out. Like even Mac Jones, like you can say what we want about Mac Jones, but he was playing in the SEC, right? Um, Zach Wilson wasn't. And it's going to be very interesting because his offensive line was dominant, like stellar offensive line. That's not going to be the case um, with the Jets. I mean, they have a good old line, but you're going to be playing against NFL defenses. Like it's going to come fast and furious. So 
Um, you know, I think he has a really high ceiling, but I also think he has a pretty low floor as well. Whereas someone like, um, you know, some of the other quarterbacks might have a, a probably a better floor. Um, but Wilson's ceiling is, is elite. Yeah. Because his arm talent is just that good. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see him with the Jets. I'm excited for it. I feel for Jets fans, six quarterbacks drafted in the top two rounds over the last 15 (laughs) years. Um, We have what Mark Sanchez, Kellen Clemens, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. I'm missing someone. Uh, Christian Hackenberg. Oh, geez. Um, Was Bryce Petty a a, a second round pick? I, 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 Maybe he was a little bit later, but oh, Bryce just, Petty, yeah, let just, me look um, yeah, just just a rough, rough go for the Jets at the quarterback position. So hopefully for them, Zach Wilson's the answer. If not, um, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, it won't be good things though, but they have a lot of picks. So even if they miss, just with the the nature of how things have gone in the NFL as of late, um, they could pivot in a year or two. So. Um, Hopefully they don't need to, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Jake, you're on the clock now. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, San Francisco 49ers, third overall. You traded three first-round picks and a third-round pick to move up to this selection. Right. Who do you think the 49ers are going to take here? So initially it was the talk was Mac Jones, and it was Mac Jones all the way. And then Justin Fields had a pro day and then it's like, no, it's Justin Fields. And then Trey Lance, you know, he had his day and then it's Trey Lance. I, I tend to think, and just, this is again, reading, reading kind of uh, periodically on Twitter um, and just getting, you know, updates from people that we trust and and online. I don't think it's going to be Justin Fields. I, I think it will ultimately be, Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And because of that, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. I think they see Trey Lance as a, you know, yes, uh, raw, but moldable clay. Like they see him as someone that they can shape. Um, and for Kyle, like I, I understand the thought process for Mac Jones a little bit, but I think like, wouldn't you be better off just keeping Jimmy and, and as in Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, maybe using those picks as ammunition to get like, I don't know, Jamar chase or something <laughs> like trade up for, for a stud receiver. And it, it just, it strikes me like, you know, again, like we'll, we'll talk about this later on with the Raiders, but like when they drafted clean and feral, um, they got a good player, like a good player but his ceiling is ultimately very tapped because he's just not as athletic as you would want him to be as an edge player. He's a really good player or not, maybe not really good, but he's a good player. <laughs> he's a good player. Yeah, he's a of guy course. who'll be in the league, but with like, you know, bringing this back to quarterbacks, it's like Matt Jones could be a good quarterback, but Trey Lance could be a great quarterback. I think he really could. And I think it's going to be him ultimately. I know there's so many, um, you know, there's a lot you can point to. Like he's played a very finite amount of games. Um, you could talk about, you know, FCS competition, but I, I just feel like Kyle Shanahan's going to see this guy as like, 
you know, it, this is an extra dimension that Trey Lance brings. Like the one game he played this year, it was against, I think, like Arkansas State or something. So it did one team. He had like 150 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Like that's something that Kyle Shanahan hasn't really had since what Robert Griffin. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he made Robert Griffin, like I know the knee injury contributed to this, but like, <laughs> I think people talk about it like, Oh, you know, he, Matt Ryan's his guy, you know, he, he likes Matt Ryan. He likes Kirk cousins. It's like, well, he did a lot with RG three in just a year. Like I he turned the, RG- Oh yeah, yeah. Like the, the Thanksgiving game that year against the Cowboys, uh, RG three destroyed them. And I, I was a borderline emotional. Like I thought like I was about to cry because I thought, Oh my gosh, like this. RG3 a decade is, of RG3. Yeah. Yeah. This is a decade of RG3 destroying my team and we're going to have no chance. And, and it just all, you know, unfortunately for Robert Griffin, the, the injuries and um, the uh, muddy relationship with the Shanahan's kind of uh, ruined things for him. But um you you're certainly right it was uh it was i mean it wasn't but it it appeared to be almost borderline unstoppable what they could do so in terms of the fit i think trey lance makes a lot of sense for me jake i i'm going to disagree with you i think it's still mac jones just based on all of the smoke surrounding with it surrounding that him going there from the the second that he was traded there, DJ reporting, oh, like don't be surprised if it's Mac Jones. He's having people in the the 49ers front office reach out to him and say that. Schefter saying the same thing. Uh, Matt Mayoko, who is very plugged in with the San Francisco 49ers, saying he thinks it's Mac Jones. Peter Schrager today tweeting, I still think it's Mac Jones. So, and we're recording this, by the way, I should have added earlier, we're recording this on Saturday, April 24th. So if something crazy happens between now and the time you're listening to this, um, that's why we forgot to talk about it. Um, but I, I just think it's Mac Jones, Jake. I really do. I hope you're right. Just for the sake of, um, you know, may, perhaps some of us have some jelly beans wagered on uh, Trey Lance <laughs> being number three. And also, <laughs> I think just for, for entertainment, right? If we're looking at, if we want to see this 49ers offense fully unlocked, imagine that Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Um, we have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Jalen Hurd. Maybe he'll come back and be healthy. Our boy, Jalen Hurd. Um, just so much potential. So I really do hope it's Trey Lance, but I, it just seems like it's going to be Mac Jones. But I, I will add, you know, in, in, in favor of what you're saying, um, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks on the Move the Six podcast, they, they said they were going through this and they said, you know, if they take Mac Jones, they, they are essentially admitting defeat in, in terms of having the best quarterback in the NFC West because he's not going to be ever better than Russell Wilson. He's not ever going to be better than Kyler Murray. He's not better right now than Matthew Stafford. Um, perhaps in a few years, then they'd have the third best quarterback in the division. But if you're trying to win your division, you're trying to win the Super Bowl, I think you got to swing for the fences. So um, we'll see. I hope you're right, but I think it's Mac Jones. Let's move on to pick number four. And I, and really this, I mean, the draft starts with the 49ers because depending on what they do with that pick, it could completely shift 
everything for the rest of the draft. And it's the same with the Falcons. Uh, in my mock draft that I had planned out before we did this podcast, I had Mac, you taking Mac Jones, which had me taking Trey Lance for the Falcons. But now um, you just took Trey Lance. So it's going to completely change everything. So now I'm down to, I think for the Falcons, it's a question of, okay, you have three options. You trade down, you select Kyle Pitts, or you select a quarterback, probably Trey Lance. Justin Fields has been linked there as well. I think if this is how the board shakes out based on their presence at Trey Lance's pro day, based on the talk about Fontenot and his love of Trey Lance or the rumors about that, I I think if Trey Lance is on the board, I do think Atlanta will take him. If it's between Justin Fields and Kyle Pitts, I think it's really tough because Atlanta is kind of between a rock and a hard place due to Matt Ryan's enormous cap hit, which they restructured his contract again this year to create cap space, but that just kicked down his huge dead money cap hit further down the road. So for example, I think if they cut him next year, there's a a $50 million cap charge. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Jake, but um, really hard to get off of the Matt Ryan contract. They, they lost a lot of close games last year, so they weren't as bad as their record indicated. But I also think, so part, you know, I can see the argument for them wanting to compete, but I also can see the argument for them saying, hey, look, we're at pick four. We're not going to be at pick four again for a long time. Why don't we just take a QB and let's just roll with it? So based on all of that, um, as much as I would love to see Kyle Pitts in this offense, if this is how the board shakes out, I do think that the Falcons are going to take Justin Fields, the local boy from Georgia. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. Let him sit behind Matt Ryan. Let him learn. Have him sit for a year. Yes, you're going to take it on the chin next year when you have to let Matt Ryan go and you take that enormous cap hit. But um, year three with Justin Fields, um, he should be ready to rock. They, they're going to hopefully rebuild their team. It gives Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot some time to really build their team up because right now um, they're, they're fooling themselves if they're, if they're trying to win. I, I just don't think that's possible. So give me Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons. What are your thoughts on Fields and, and the, uh, the recent uh, revelation that he has epilepsy and all this, you know, these old school NFL guys like Charlie Casserly saying, oh, he's going to go 24 to the Steelers. And oh, that's he's, insane. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, he, he's an Ohio State QB. And, you know, oh, he or Dan, or, Dan Orlovsky, he doesn't love football. He doesn't work hard. What are your thoughts on all that and, and Justin Fields in general? Yeah, I, I, first of all, I mean, like, this, that stuff is just peak silliness, right? Like, the, the he doesn't love football thing. Like, he, if I remember correctly, was he not the guy who basically insisted that, you know, we have to have a season, right? Yeah, like he, he was, was. He was adamant. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, like, are you really suggesting that um, you know, he doesn't love the game? Like, that just, to me, strikes me as odd. Um, again, I'm not, I'd never want to be described as like a tape grinder or anything like that. I would say just from my, you know, my perception of the quarterback class, I'd have him as number two. I I think he's that good. So I'd have it some amalgamation of like Lawrence, then Fields, then Wilson, Lance Jones. So, um, for, for me, I think the Falcons, if, if, again, just a guess, uh, if the board ends up this way, I 
don't think they go quarterback. Um, I, for whatever reason, I just think they're going to be uh, more of an all-in team for this season because they do see the, the, you know, Julio Jones winding down. They see Matt Ryan winding down. They can't really do anything with Matt Ryan, whether it's a trade or a cut. So I see them going with like a Kyle Pitts or something, like something that just like, you know, like kind of like the Cowboys last year where they're like, let's make a strength of strength. Like they're going to really try and make this like all Madden kind of uh, roster. That's just my opinion. I have no idea. I do agree though. Like if you're the Falcons, like you, you're hoping you're not picking this high ever again. Right. So if that's the case, this might be your one shot to get a quarterback. So I think it would be wise if they got Justin Fields. I just wonder, will they do that with, you know, some of these guys kind of at the twilight of their career? Who knows? But uh, I, I love Justin Fields. So um, the, I think the the fit, I mean, obviously the hometown thing is irrelevant, but it's still kind of neat as well. Absolutely. And you think about, I think for Atlanta Falcons fans, you go from – Michael Vick, then you had the one season with no QB, to Matt Ryan, Justin Fields. That's a pretty, that's a pretty sweet transition for them and for Arthur Blank as the owner. So um, mm-hmm. I'm rooting for them to take a QB just for their fans and just for um, the long-term health of that roster. Um, but if we are just going all in for this year, Kyle Pitts in that offense next to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, oh, Lordy. Would that ever be yeah. fun? And oh my goodness, would uh, just like Jerry Jones, I would have sugar uh, visions of sugar plums dancing in oh my head God. with the thoughts of <laughs> Kyle Pitts in that offense. Uh, Jake, you're on the clock uh, representing uh, Duke Tobin, uh, son of Bill Tobin, who on this day, I believe it was 27 years ago, said his post, uh, his mailman uh, knew more about, had more credibility. Um, than Mel Kuyper Jr. when it comes to the NFL draft. I, I don't know if you saw that clip going around oh, yes. today, um, but uh, one of my favorites. So who do you think uh, Duke Tobin is going to select for the Cincinnati Bengals? I, yeah, this is, uh, this is another, I would say, probably one of the tougher spots um, to predict in this top, I, I guess, top 10. It's, it's hard because... Obviously, you know, you have a need at tackle. And do you really need wide receiver if you're the Bengals? Um, probably not necessarily. Like, um, or maybe you don't need to address it this high. That could be the, the line of reasoning. But I don't know. I feel like Jamar Chase is that good. I think he's you know, obviously the fit between him and Joe Burrow. They had the best connection in college football, right? And, and arguably one of the best connections in college football history um, uh, two years ago. So I look at Jamar Chase. Um, again, keep in mind, like, the thing with Jamar Chase that's so exciting is he was taking targets away from Justin Jefferson at LSU. And then you see what Justin Jefferson did his first year, and he broke the receiving record for a rookie. Like, it's absurd. Like, Jamar Chase can be that good. And I think, again, if you're the Bengals, you want to keep, like, you're, quite frankly, a very cheap organization. Um, You're one of the only teams in the NFL that doesn't practice indoors. Like, do everything you can 
to make this team happy, to make the, your star players happy. And I'm sure he'd be happy with Kyle Pitts. I'm sure he'd be happy with Panay Sewell. But Jamar Chase is like his guy. Um, they signed Riley Reef in the offseason. I think they signed Riley Reef, who apparently did not want to play guard. He expressly, like I know there was an issue with him and the Vikings um, where they wanted him to maybe kick inside. He just wasn't interested. So would he sign with the Bengals without, you know, with that promise of I will sign only as a tackle? Uh, it sounds like it. So I think they're preparing for life without an, an extra tackle in the draft, or at least at five. So I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be Jamar Chase as well. And, and there's all the talk of, well, Joe Burrow, you know, he tore his ACL and what are they going to do? Like, how are they going to protect Get the ball need... faster? That's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, seriously. And if you have Jamar Chase, I mean, yeah. you have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, uh, T Higgins. I mean, you got Joe Mixon in the backfield. That's going to be a pretty, pretty lethal set of skilled position players for Burrow. You want to keep him happy. Um, and I'm, I'm with you on the Riley reef thing. Like, I, I don't think people are, people are saying, Oh, well, they just draft Sewell. Well, okay. Riley reef signed there to be play tackle. Um, Jonah Williams is not, I don't think like, how are you going to go to Jonah Williams? Who I believe was in the ninth overall pick a few years ago and say, ah, you know what, Jonah, we're going to actually kick you inside and you're going to play guard. Or mm-hmm. if they take Penny Sewell, Oh, Penny, you're going to play, you're going to play left guard this year. You're the fifth overall pick. You know, we, we, you know, we're going to let Riley reef or, or right guard, wherever they want to play him. We're going to let Riley reef play tackle over you. Like that's going to be a tough conversation to have. Um, I, it's gotta be, I think it's chase They're They're missing, 104 targets from AJ Green. So amazingly. You have, right? Amazingly. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> so you think about the upgrade they're going to get if you give those 104 targets and then some to Jamar Chase. It, it's just going to make a massive difference for this offense. So um, there are lots of Bengal sources as well that are very confident and adamant that the pick is going to be Jamar Chase. So I'm with you. Jamar Chase makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. For the Miami Dolphins, sixth overall. This is interesting. You know, last year um, they ended up taking Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He was expected to do much more. He really underwhelmed. He did not look very good. And now if you're the Dolphins, um, if depending on how these QBs fall, I think they should consider taking a quarterback here at six. I don't think they will, but I think it would be very fascinating if they were to take a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, if they were to fall. Um, But in this scenario, I think they want to surround Tua with as many um, as much support as they possibly can. Um, and with, you know, you could go offensive line here, but this is a pretty good class in terms of offensive linemen. You might be able to get somebody at 18 um, if you want to take someone there. So I think it's pretty obvious if this is how things fall, if Kyle Pitts does not go to the Falcons, I think Kyle Pitts is going to end up a Miami Dolphin. Um, keep him in the state of Florida. Um, give to a, that uh, just elite elite weapon um i think it makes a lot of sense i think it would be really interesting to have him with gasecki you have Devonte parker you have will fuller you have preston williams um i think miami could be fun with kyle pitts so so give me kyle pitts um who is uh the number one non-qb on a lot of uh scouts boards yeah i'm a huge kyle pitts fan i think um you don't see like 
in terms of uniqueness of a prospect, he's probably the most unique in this class. I, I think he's one of the most unique we've seen in the last five, 10 years because he has the biggest catch radius. Um, I think of the last 20 years for any receiver or tight end, something ridiculous. Like he, his arms are, are like uh, airplane wings. Right. Um, and then the production to go along with it. Um, to me, it's like, if you're, you know, like you said, if you're combining all those, you know, Mike Gusecki, who kind of looked, um, maybe, maybe, I don't want to say he had a, he had a, a tough year before, uh, this season, like this season, he really came on strong, uh, towards the end of the year. So you combine, he's a freak athlete. Kyle Pitts is a freak athlete. Like you're, you're setting up Tua for success. And, and this is the best way of kind of determining is he your guy or not? Right. So uh, I'm, I'm all on board for that. I think that's a really smart pick. All right, Jake, you are on the clock uh, representing the Detroit Lions. What do you think Dan Campbell and company are going to do here? Man, this one is actually, <laughs> this is probably the, the first like real stumper for me. Um, because there's a few ways you can do it. You could, you know, I'm trying to think like in the head of uh, Dan Campbell. And like, what would he do? Is he going to be like this raw, raw, um, you know, hard nose? We got, like, what was this whole thing? Bite you at the kneecaps kind of deal. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, there's a few ways he can, he can do that. Um, this is also a prime trade back spot. Uh, we should it probably is. mention as well. Um, but for the sake of this, um, I'm going to say Penny Sewell. I think it's going to be Penny Sewell. Um, the other names that I would think of off the top of my head, um, Slater's another option, but also like someone like Micah Parsons, like, you know, old school kind of gruff, um, type of guy, you know? And, yeah. uh, I think, I think Penny Sewell, like, again, he's like 20 years old or something like he, he's ridiculous as a, as a prospect. And again, some of us might have bet on him being the second uh, offensive lineman taken perhaps. But um, I just see Sewell as like, you know, you're really trying to kick this franchise, um, you know, start things up again. And um, I know they are saying they love Jared Goff. I really doubt it, but um, this gives them at least a shot where they're like, okay, you have your blindside tackle for 10 years. Um, you know, now you can address everything else. Um I do see them trading down, but if not, yeah, Sewell seems like a, a logical fit. Yeah, they need help everywhere, and, and I think it's tough. They do. For, yeah. It's tough to, to project what they're going to do, just simply because we haven't seen this Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell regime run a team before, so we don't know exactly what the strategy is going to be. But with with that in mind, they need help. There's they need help everywhere. Um, there, there's so many things that they could do. There's a lot of really talented players. I would be surprised if they don't trade down in this situation, but if they stay where they're at, Penny Sewell makes a ton of sense. I'm with you simply because he's the best player left uh, on the board. Um, pick number eight, the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule. They got their man in Sam Darnold. Now, there's been some whispers that mm-hmm. be, they haven't said that they're, you know, they haven't officially announced that they've picked up his fifth year option. They might wait until after the draft to do that. 
which is getting some people thinking, oh, maybe they're going to take another QB here. Let's give them another shot. Maybe on a Mac Jones. There was a lot of talk at the senior bowl that Matt Rule loves Mac Jones and the Panthers didn't think that he would make it to them at eight, which is why they um, made that trade with the New York Jets. Um, I don't know if, if this is where he would go if they were to sit tight. I could also seeing them, tr- I could see them trading down. Um, there are a lot of a lot of different options for the Panthers as well. I think if this is how things go, I think they're going to have a hard time passing on Mac Jones. But if they were to take him, um, you know, I feel like in the NFL, it's still very old school. You don't want to be that person sticking your neck out and doing this crazy new strategy just for the fear of getting torn to shreds. Um, because I, I do think that's what would happen if they were to select Mac Jones here after already trading for Sam Darnold. But if you think about the, the idea that, okay, let's throw as many darts at QB as possible. Why not? Right. I think that makes sense. Um, that, all that being said, I'm going to give them Rashawn Slater. Uh, out of Northwestern. I th- just the position versatility is huge for them. Um, they could put him at wherever they want on their offensive line. I think if you just dr- you think about with Sam Darnold um, in, with the Jets, I mean, big problem was getting him protection, right? And, and now he, you want to make sure you gave up a second round pick. You gave up a lot for Sam Darnold. And we talked about this last year with the Jets. We projected that they were going to take a tackle. And we said, well, we got to find out what do you have in Sam Darnold? And, you know, they, he still had an injury riddled season. It just wasn't, um, it just wasn't great in in New York. And I think that with a guy like that, you want to make sure And with this investment they made, let's protect him. Um, You have Christian McCaffrey as well. You want to build around your offensive line. So I think Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern makes a lot of sense. at pick number eight. Yeah, it's interesting because Matt Jones, the rumor around the league was that he was kind of the target of the 49ers, or sorry, of the Panthers. And when that trade happened, again, this is the conspiracy theory side of it, uh, with the 49ers trading up to three, they kind of saw that as like, oh, damn, okay, well, we're going to trade for Darnold then. So if it did go that way, I could see them going Matt Jones, honestly, but Um, because right now I have picked nine uh, to the Broncos, it kind of lines up pretty well because the Broncos have, honestly, I think they've built such a good roster. Like it's, I I get MB as a Raider fan seeing like the Broncos and, and, you know, obviously the Chiefs and and, then the Chargers because they've built great rosters. Um, But the Broncos, like the one thing they need is quarterback. So if Matt Jones is there, uh, first of all, I think they'll take whatever quarterback is there. So whether it be Justin Fields, whether it be um, Trey Lance, whomever, I think they'll take a quarterback. But for, for this case, yeah, I'll give them Mac Jones. Um, their roster is, is top to bottom, like quite, quite great. And that one sore spot is their quarterback position. And um, if one is there at nine, they don't even have to trade up. And again, that's kind of what we're doing here. Um, I think they would sprint to the podium. I don't even think they'd think twice or I guess sprint to the zoom call or whatever <laughs> the draft is. But uh, I think they take, they take a quarterback here or they try and trade up because man, you're, you're going to, I don't want to say waste another year with Drew Locke, but like, I don't know, man, they have a yeah. lot of talent. They they should really like, you know, get that quarterback sorted out. Um, 
before they, you know, do anything more. I love Drew Locke. Um, I think he's awesome like, as a person. Uh, just the clip of him lip syncing to Young Jeezy from yeah. a, a few years ago is one of my favorites of all time um, of any football player. Uh, but the man is not very good at football, um, at least from what we've seen. So I think I'm with you. Grand slam pick. If they sit tight at nine and they, and they get their QB, I think that's fantastic. Realistically, what I think will happen, Jake, is if – um, there's a QB sitting there at seven. Um, I could easily see the Broncos trading a future second or third or something yep. just to get out I there agree. to secure that QB because that's that's a desperate need for them. They they need a quarterback. They need somebody to go with Drew Locke, and right now they don't have that. So, um, okay, pick ten. How about them Cowboys? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Um, now, I don't, I don't know if you've heard this. This is uh, Brett Coleman. Uh, are you familiar with Brett Coleman, Jake? Um, I'm not. Okay, so Brett Coleman is a, is a YouTuber who he, he grinds tape. He used to, oh, wait. No, I have. I have. You have. Okay. I yeah, watched his Kevin Jenkins breakdown. Okay, yeah. So he's, uh, I think he used to do some work for the Eagles. So he's, he, he, he said that he's heard that the Cowboys – really love Zaven Collins from Tulsa oh and they want to take Zaven Collins, excuse me, um, at, at 10. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. That would be insane. But knowing the Cowboys, um, I could also see it. I could see it happening because the Cowboys just do Cowboy things from time to time. That being said, CeeDee Lamb, they hit a home run with CeeDee Lamb. We never yep. thought in a million years that they would get CeeDee Lamb. I'm so glad they didn't mess that pickup. He's oh, just love CeeDee Lamb so much. All that being said, um, the Cowboys are on this strange, um, I think, Alabama. Um, <laughs> this crush on Alabama guys, the Bama boys. And, and I don't think they're going to go receiver. They're pretty set there. But I, I think Patrick Sertan, the second, I think he makes too much sense. Um personally, if I was running the Cowboys and Rashawn Slater or Penny Sewell fell, or, you know, even throw that out, I'd take Elijah Vera Tucker, I think would be great for the Cowboys just to rebuild their offensive line. They're so invested in Zeke and he's just so bad. And in order to give him a chance, they need to have a dominant offensive line again. I think Vera Tucker would be an excellent pick for the Cowboys. You can kick him in at guard and then eventually have him replace Tyron Smith in the future. But um, I'm doing what I think the Cowboys will do. And I, what I think the Cowboys will do is I think they'll take Patrick Sertan the second. And it's a safe pick. He has great measurables, great production, um, comes from a great school. Um, I, I'd be really happy with, with the Sertan pick. I just think their defense is so far beyond repair that why not make a strength stronger and build that offensive line? Yeah. And um, honestly, I, I, I agree on the, the Vera Tucker um, you know, that, that assertion where it's like you, you build the strength and offensive line is such a commodity. It's such a hard thing. Like it's maybe not necessarily a hard thing to get a good lineman, but it's a tough thing to get like a great, a truly great lion. And I think you look at the Cowboys and they've always had success with their offensive line. So they know what they're doing uh, in that regard. But yeah, certain, I think, you, you as a Cowboys fan, I think you could still be pretty happy about that because uh, I, I believe he's the best in this uh, in this class. Maybe uh, you could argue J.C. Horn, but I think Sertain just – it's a pretty natural fit. Uh, it's also like the most mocked 
pick, I would say, like maybe past five. <laughs> yeah. Like it just seems like everyone's like, oh yeah, certain at 10, easy. And I, and I, for me, it's like, I don't know if he lasts that, that long. Like I could see him going anywhere from eight because, uh, you know, Carolina, like that's a huge, huge need. And I would say seven, probably not because, you know, Jeff Okuda last year, you spent a lot of capital on Jeff Okuda. Um, maybe if something's not there for the Broncos, if a quarterback's not there, they, they pull the trigger. But yeah, for the Cowboys, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm telling you, man, like uh, the Cowboys, I, I know Jerry's kind of Jerry, but I don't know. I, they're, they're kind of a sleeper this year for the Super Bowl. I'll be honest with you. Whoa, Super Bowl? I think so. Wow, I think so. Jake, man, you're going you're gonna to break my heart, man. Look, now you're going to get look, my hopes up. Look at what they could do. Like, I mean, I, their division was strange last year, but like, I don't know. Dak, if Dak's playing, do they make a more of a run of it? Maybe. Never know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad they got Dak signed. That, that was such a, so, so, so stupid. But I could spend another four hours talking about that whole debacle. Um, let's jump to pick number 11. You are selecting for... Our best friend, Dave Gettleman, the GM of the New York football giants. There is, uh, there's been some discussion that Gettleman might trade down, uh, Jake, but um, I, I don't think he's never traded down in his entire career. So I have a feeling that's not going to happen. So who do you think he's going to take here at 11? Yeah, th- again, this is another tricky spot because I know they've been mocked uh, Devonta Smith quite a bit. Um, but I also don't see the need for receiver. Like I, I know it's not always about need and it's best player available, but like, first of all, Dave Gettleman drafting a 160 pound receiver seems <laughs> a bit funny to me because, and, and I'm not throwing shade on Devonta Smith. I just think like Dave Gettleman's like very old school in that sense. Um, I mean, Micah Parsons kind of seems like the perfect fit for this team, right? Like I know obviously there's the off-field concerns and some people think he's, I believe it's like an Odell Beckham type personality. It was one of the quotes I saw, which I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but okay. Um, But I just see him as like, again, Dave Gellman's going to be like, yep, Micah Parsons, Luke Keekley, same thing. Great. And he's just going to, he's going to take him and laugh. Um, again, Micah Parsons, like five years ago, is like a top three pick in the NFL draft. Maybe even like 10 years ago, he might be the first overall pick. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, it's a position that's a little bit devalued. Um, off-ball linebacker. But the thing with Parsons is he is an incredible pass rusher. Um, in coverage, he's, he's not awful he's more like above average but the thing is he has like tremendous athletic traits so you know again you maybe with coaching maybe in a, in a scheme fit like he could be great in all phases of the game and it's really like it's a really unique skill set he has so if i'm the giants yeah i i probably pull the trigger I, I would avoid receiver like you just signed kenny galladay to a massive contract you still have Darius Slayton, who came on last year. Um, you're Sterling Shepard's in the slot. You have Evan Ingram. It's like, focus on, you know, get your defense in order at this point now. So, yeah, I'm going to go Micah Parsons. 
major uh, character concerns with with Micah Parsons. I mean, it's it's it's. Is it uh, so at this point? Is it major? Like that's well, the thing. I'm well, trying to understand it, it, it because depends. I'm reading things and it's like, you know, some things. It's like, oh, it was something that happened when he was 18, and then I've read other things where it's like, no, he's like they're worried about him. You know, they're they're fine with him from nine to five, and then after the five, it's like you know, they're stressing. So it's like, that's the concern for me. So, okay. He allegedly, a knife was pulled on Parsons when he was punching and choking a teammate um, to stop an altercation that Parsons started by dumping water on a sleeping teammate, damaging the teammate's phone and laptop. Um, this is something that happened to him at his career, during his career at Penn State. He was accused of being a ringleader in a Penn State uh, hazing um, that, uh, quote, simulated sexual assault, telling teammate, quote, I'll make you a B word because this is prison. Um, so, yeah, lots of problematic stuff surrounding Micah Parsons, but the measurables on this dude are insane. He yeah. can play football. He's probably going to be a stud in the NFL, but I, I wonder if that's going to scare some teams. I'm with you. I've read those reports that say, Oh, it was so long ago. He's fine. There's nothing to worry about. And then I've seen other things saying, uh, I don't know if we really want to take this guy. So it's going to depend. So, um, the other connection though, I will say with Micah Parsons and, and just to confirm that is your pick for the giants, Jake. That is, yeah. that is. So, so their defensive line coach, Sean Spencer, he used to also work for Penn State, and he is very close with Micah Parsons. So I wonder if, they, if they've talked to him, if there's some connection. Like if they're, I mean, he, he hasn't been with the Giants very long, but there, there are some connections there. He does seem like a Gettleman type of guy. I could definitely see it. Um, and as a Cowboys fan, uh, I'd be very scared. If they took Micah Parsons, I, I do not want the Giants to take Micah Parsons. He, he's he's going to make your team a B word. Like, <laughs> he is. He, he is. He's a badass, man. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, like, obviously, his football acumen, like, we're not questioning. It's more the other side of it. Like, yeah. secretly, part of me hopes he falls to 17 because I think he's a tremendous football player, but I'm also freaked out that there's a reason why a guy this good is falling. Right. So who knows? Maybe it's a Warren Sapp situation and then everything's fine and he ends up just dominating and becoming a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I just hope I hope everything's okay with this guy and that he's mentally, you know. Okay. And yeah. stable. Um, exactly. We weren't around for, uh, and there was no draft Twitter during, uh, at that time, but uh, Lawrence Taylor, uh, a lot of question marks about him character wise, but man. Like the dude can play. I'm not saying Micah Parsons is going to be Lawrence Taylor, but if you look at the measurables on him, he could be, he, he could be, I, I mean, I don't think it's hyperbole to say he could become a hall of famer. Right. I honestly, I, I don't think so because I mean, obviously it's, you're projecting him at like the absolute peak of his, you know, that's his ceiling and yeah. playing ability and, does that for many many years i don't think it's a stretch to say he could be an all pro um and all pro pretty early on in his career um just because he again he affects so many levels of uh, the game like the pass rush element is really a, a lost art for off-ball linebackers right so like i don't like if 
if I'm the Patriots or something, and Micah Parsons is there, like you're kind of you're running to to, yeah. to make that happen. So uh, he's kind of like built like a Donta Hightower on steroids, right? That's what he is. Yeah, yeah. We'll see where he goes. It's going to be an interesting guy to watch in the NFL, and I wouldn't be shocked if he's the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, okay, pick twelve, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, what a what a mess. The Eagles are. I don't know if you read that article that uh, came out on the Athletic about just the dysfunction between Howie Roseman and, and Doug Peterson and Jeffrey Lurie. Um, but what a fall from grace! What a disaster! Even from a year ago, we wouldn't have expected them to be in this spot. And super interesting for the Eagles. They spent um, day one or day two picks in back-to-back drafts on wide receiver, and yet wide receiver is one of the biggest needs on this team. Um, it's it's truly remarkable. I have to wonder. They've been burned. I, part of me thinks, okay, they're going to take one of those Bama receivers. They're right in their lap. They want to help Jalen Hurts. But then the other part of me is thinking, like they've been burned twice by doing that and do they really mm-hmm. want to go receiver again um in a in the first round at pick 12 in, in a draft that is very deep so for me give me somebody on in on the offensive line to help them out give to help out jalen hurts um this has just been uh i mean last year was just a complete disaster for them for them and like we were talking about with the lions i think they just need help everywhere frankly so they just need to collect solid players who have that upside but also just that safe floor as well give me elijah vera tucker i think it just makes a lot of sense for the eagles get some stability there you can play him at left guard for this season um you could potentially move him to to tackle down the road um I just think it makes a lot of sense for Philadelphia. And I think if that happens, the chargers would be very upset because they need a tackle, but um, that's uh, or, or, and a guard, frankly. So that's, uh, that's what I'm doing with the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 12. Um, Jake, you're on the clock at pick 13 with the Los Angeles chargers. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, I think the chargers are kind of in a similar boat with needing offensive line help. They have a, you know, they have a, a prized possession at quarterback. Obviously, Justin Herbert, I think, was better than most people anticipated. Oh, he's way better. We, a, we were on this podcast last exactly. year saying he, su- he was going to suck, and he's awesome. No, I, I remember thinking, I was happy as a Raider fan. I'm like, oh, the Chargers, oh, my God, what a mistake. And then it's like, no, he's actually really good. And he was just being held back by whatever was happening at Oregon. So um, why not help him out more? Um, I was anticipating you taking Derisaw. So now that he is still here, I will take Derisaw for uh, the Chargers. Um, you know, again, you're going to have to keep up with Kansas City. You're going to have to keep up with the Raiders, keep up with the Broncos. Like, that offense needs to be humming. So um, you also have to keep Justin Herbert up, up you know, so he's not, uh, you know, you're not in a Joe Burrow situation where you're dealing with a guy who, you know, already had a pretty devastating injury. So um, I'm a huge fan of Derisaw. I think Derisaw, I think he had like he might have been like PFF's number one tackle this year. Like he's he's a mauler, but he's like nimble feet. Like he's kind of the whole package. Like he's not a finesse tackle. He's not a just a pure run block, you know, gritty tackle. He's kind of both. Like he has that ability to do both. So um yeah, I think it's a great pick for the Chargers. Like they they really solidify that offense um with this pick. 
I think it's a great pick if they can get if they can get a Derisaw, if they can get a Vera Tucker, heck, if they can trade up and get Sewell or Slater, mm-hmm. you're in a great spot if you are um, if you are the Chargers. I think that's a big need. I think that's where you have to go. Um, protect Justin Herbert, protect your prize possession, um, and profit. And and hopefully for their fans, that's what's gonna happen. Um, okay, I'm coming in now picking for the Minnesota Vikings at pick 14. And last year when we did this exercise, there were, I think there was a couple times where I said, Oh, you know, well, the mock drafts say this, but no, that, that can't happen. That's too obvious. Um, I, I, and I was wrong every time I said that I've learned <laughs> that if the mock drafts are saying, if trusted people are putting somebody or matching somebody to a player, to a team, even if to me, it doesn't make sense. Um, I think, I think that's a sign that it's probably going to happen. So both in, in, and as of this recording, both Daniel Jeremiah and Peter Schrager in their latest mock drafts have uh, Jalen Phillips of Miami going to the Minnesota Vikings. Personally, I think it would make more sense for them to take a a, a tackle. Uh, Maybe like it's having Jenkins here. Um, But especially with Jalen Phillips's history with injuries and, and the, which we were talking about the other day was his, um, he, he was medically forced to retire and then he came back to play football. And, and now he, you know, he's got Joey Bosa level upside. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But at the same time, his floor is incredibly low, just simply due to injuries. Like we don't want, um, we don't want another job at best situation on our hands, but it looks like that could be in the range of outcomes for Jalen Phillips. So um, if he stays healthy, it's going to be a phenomenal pick. Um, you know, the Vikings tried to make something happen with Yanni Kingakwe last year. Um, we saw how that turned out. It, it didn't turn out well. So I think it makes sense that they want to go with an edge rusher. Um, but I don't know if Jalen Phillips is the best pick, but that is who I'm going to give them at pick number 14. Uh, Jake, you are on the clock. Pick number 15, Bill Belichick. And the New England Patriots, there are no QBs around, unless, of course, you want to take Chris Sims' boy, Kellen Mond. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I look at this. Um, they're obviously a prime trade-up candidate. I think just seeing their free agency was like, holy. Like, they went, I don't say all in, but they, they spent, like, what? How much just on the tight end position alone? Um, like, they're, they, I, I personally think they will be one of the teams trading up for a quarterback. Um, that would be if I could make one, you know, um, maybe not a guarantee, but like my bold prediction is they will trade into the top six, maybe, and get a quarterback or the remainder quarterback. Um, maybe it's Mac Jones, maybe it's Trey Lance, who knows, but I think they'll do that because I, I do think they're surrounding them, their offense with, you know, some pieces. I think to be completely honest with you, I think their off season was really overrated, <laughs> Yeah. But like everyone's like, oh, they're locked and loaded. I'm like, they got Nelson Aguilar, and who was it? Uh, Andrew Bourne. I like I like Hunter Henry and I like um, Johnny Smith. But it's like, I mean, you're still having issues at the quarterback position. But at this point in this draft that we are doing right now, there are no quarterbacks. Part of me thinks Devonta Smith, but I, I think it's going to be Jalen Waddle. I think it's going to be Jalen Waddle. I know they don't draft receivers like ever in the first round. Um, they took Nikhil what, Harry a couple of years ago. Right. But I mean, that what, didn't was turn that, out well. That was like quite late. That was like late like first 30. Yeah. Uh, I think Waddle has like a lot of upside. 
um, I look at Devonta Smith, and I like Devonta Smith, and I think the whole height thing is, a, or the the height weight situation is a little bit overrated uh, for me. But like we've kind of been saying, like the way that the NFL operates, it's like you know, I might differ from the NFL consensus. And I think the NFL consensus is going to be like, why in God's green earth is Devonta Smith 166 pounds after playing, you know, in, uh, at Alabama with like elite strength and conditioning and nutritionists. And they're going to be like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, does he love football? Does he love, and, and I'm sure he does love football, but I know they're going to be asking that question. And I think he's going to be the third wide receiver taken. I think me and you have had this conversation quite a bit. Yep. Um, so I'm going to say Jalen Waddle. I think it's just a dimension that the Patriots don't really have or haven't had. Like, they're the slowest team. Like, they're so slow. It's not even, like, it's ridiculous how slow they are. Um, you look at, like, the Sony receivers Michelle. last year. Sony, oh, my God. Sony <laughs> Michelle. You got Sony Michelle. I mean, I like Damian Harris, but, like, you know, again, he's he's a bruiser. Um, the receiving core has just been like Nikhil Harry is just obviously not an NFL caliber or not a starting caliber receiver at this point. Um, and Waddle's a burner, so I don't know. I, I could see Waddle, I could see Smith, but I think if they don't go quarterback, I could see them going maybe Zayvon Collins here. But I'm going to go uh, Jalen Waddle for this point. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, it's interesting in the um, Peter Schrager's latest mock draft, he had the Cardinals trading up, I believe, to pick seven to take Jalen Waddle, which to me seems kind of interesting because why? I mean, they, yeah, okay, Larry Fitzgerald's going to retire, but you still have DeAndre Hopkins. You Christian still Kirk. have Christian Kirk. You still have Andy Isabella. Do you really need to trade up to take Jalen Waddle? So now I'm here at pick 16. I could take Devontae Smith for them, but I think a far more pressing need for the Cardinals is corner. Do you really want to start Robert Alford and Malcolm Butler? I don't think so. I think especially going against the likes of DK Metcalf and Brandon Ayuk and Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, you need to have better corners. And I think if JC Horn out of South Carolina falls right into their lap. I, I, this is another situation where I think they're going to be running the pick to the podium. Personally, I don't think JC Horn's going to last to pick 16. I think he's going to go earlier. I could see him going to the Cowboys at pick 10. Um, we'll have to see what happens, but um, if this is how it plays out, give me JC Horn to the Cardinals. They need some corner help um, on that defense because um, the, just right now it's not going to get it done. And uh, here we are, Jake. I don't know. Um, just win, baby. <laughs> so this is this is interesting because, like, I think since kind of draft season hit with the Raiders, it's been like, oh, it's going to be safety or it's going to be tackle. It's going to be safety or it's going to be tackle. And um, again, Peter Schrager kind of man, we're just name dropping him left and right here. But <laughs> our best friend, he um, he noted in his last mock that they're they will focus on pass rush or offensive tackle. So I could hundred percent see this being, you know, like a Darisaw, a Tevin Jenkins. Um, you know, I doubt like a Slater is going to fall or anything like that, but I could see them going tackle. I could also see them going quitty pay. 
Um, that's kind yes. of like my my sneaky prediction. Um, it, like I would love uh, Trevon Morig. I think they brought back Carl Joseph. They have Jonathan Abram. They've invested a lot at safety, and apparently they don't want to invest any more high draft picks at safety because they feel like they've been kind of burned by it. So, I don't know. This is my off-the-board prediction, but I think Quiddy Pay is too good to be here at 17. I really like Quiddy Pay. Um, he's a physical freak. Like, he is just, you know, built in a lap kind of guy. Um, great run defender, excellent pass rusher. Um, I think for me, it's, 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 it's a pick that, yes, it, it, you know, the Raiders did sign in They have Max Crosby, they have Cleve Farrell, but in the NFL, like you rotate the alignment and they can play different roles. Cleve Farrell, you can play inside, um, Max Crosby rotational in on the other side and Quiddy Pay. Um, you need to brush the passer. You're playing against. Pat Mahomes, you're playing against Justin Herbert, you're playing against whoever the Broncos draft. Like, you're going to need to get in their face every single game. Um, so I'm going to go Quiddy Pay. I like it a lot. And Quiddy I'd be happy Pay, with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I honestly could see Quiddy Pay going as high as 10 to Dallas. I could. Yeah, he's, he's a stud. He's a stud. He's had a great pro day. Um, so I think you're in a fantastic situation if, if Quiddy Pay is – um, who falls to you at pick 17. Now, pick 18, the Miami Dolphins. Now, this this would be really interesting. This would be stealing. I already this know would where you're be going. <laughs> really interesting if this were to happen. Um, now, I went into this thinking, uh, okay, it's going to be tackle, but if this is how it goes, if you can reunite Tuatanga Vailoa and Devontae Smith, I think you have to do it. And I think that would be a thing of beauty. And if you, if that happens, we have Tua with Devonta Smith, Kyle Pitts, Will Fuller, Devonte Parker, Mike Isecki, Preston Williams. Hey, he's not bad. That's a pretty darn good offense. That's insane. So I, I would be so excited if there was, this were to happen for fantasy. Um, I know you're not a big fan of the Miami Dolphins offense as a landing spot for receivers, Jake, but for me personally, um, I'd be really excited to try to get Devontae Smith in, in dynasty leagues. If, if he's, if he ends up in Miami, just simply because of that connection with Tua. And I think for Tua, I think that would help him immensely as well. Just having somebody he trusts, somebody he knows um, it would make a big, a massive difference for that offense. So um do I think this is going to happen? No. Do I think it could happen? Yeah, I do. Just simply like we were talking about with the weight. I don't think teams want to stick their neck out and say, yeah, I was the guy who drafted a 160-pound wide receiver in the, first, in the top, top 15 or the top 10. Um, it, it takes – and a guy who isn't like a waddle, who, who is a speed freak, right? Like I just think that it would be – I think it's going to be tough for a team to in the higher end of the draft to, to stick their neck out and pick uh, Devonte Smith. So um, I think this could happen and I would be a lot, I'd be really happy if it did. It would just be a lot of fun. Honestly, sneaky part of me thinks again, like we, me and you had this conversation. I don't know if John Gruden can hold himself back from drafting a Heisman Heisman winning wide receiver. But with that being said, 
man yeah that would be that'd be that'd be some kind of offense with the dolphins yeah. I, i'd be i'd be a fan of that it would be very very fun see if we could have to, we'd have to see if ricky williams uh we could go in a time machine and get him back from 2002 and bring him into that offense that would be uh ooh, that would be great okay jake pick 19 washington football team who do you think they're gonna take here uh, I, I was probably I was prepared to give them Devonta Smith. I think um, you know they could use a little bit of help at wide receiver. Obviously, um, McLaurin is amazing, um, you know, and, and probably one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, ultimately, though, um, quarterback would be a spot for them. Like, there's an outside chance. I don't know that maybe they trade down and then try and get like Davis Mills at the end of the first round or something to that effect. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I am going to get them. What are we oh, thinking? I, you know what? Because what? for me, what, do, you need, cause do you need to phone a friend here? Yeah, you throw one out there. Yeah, uh, like I think for them, I think linebacker makes a lot of sense, like a Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa, or if they mm-hmm. wanted to go with uh, uh, Jamin Davis from Kentucky. He's been a huge riser throughout this process. Um, I could see them going receiver. I could I could see them going receiver as well, though. You know, Devontae Smith would be a little bit more obvious if he was staring at them in the face, um, or like a Tevin Jenkins. Like if they wanted to go with the tackle, I, I think he would make a lot of sense here at pick 19 um, as well for the football team. But um, the you thing with them, them is there's a lot of options. Yeah. I would say give him a Kormoa. Okay. Cause I think it's just, I think they're off their, their defense is so good. Right? It's amazing. So that front seven is unbelievable. So, I mean, God, like if they have him back there as well, like that's a, Whew. Yeah, that that's a that's a great defense, and that might, you know, maybe make up for their inefficiencies at quarterback, right? Absolutely. That they as much as argue. I like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Fitz Magic. It's just Fitz like magic. Yeah, it always goes south at one point. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, Fitz Magic is kind of like uh, he's kind of like cryptocurrency, you know. Like he, 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 he he'll have <laughs> the huge. There's the yeah, the huge swings and the dips, and you know the dip is coming. It's just when. Um, I I I would argue that Washington would have the best defense in the league if they took Owusu Kormo there. Like, they'd certainly be in the mix. Um, the defensive line is just so ridiculous. Um, okay, pick twenty, Chicago Bears. They want a quarterback. I could also see them trading up for a quarterback, um, but I could also see like they. Who knows with like Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy? Like this is their this is their last ride. They need to win this season with Andy Dalton as their QB. Like oh geez, like that's terrible. Maybe they go get Teddy Bridgewater after the draft. I'm not sure or Jimmy Garoppolo or whomever. Um, but if this is how things shake out, for some reason they hate Anthony Miller um, a lot. Uh, Yeah. Like they just really hate Anthony Miller. Um, Al Robinson's playing on the franchise tag. I don't think he's very happy. I think you do need to address the wide receiver position. Give me shoddy B Rashad Bateman wide receiver Mm -hmm. out of Minnesota. I think he is a stud. Yes. He didn't weigh as much as people expected him to, but um, just his production 
um, in college is, is other than this past season in which he had COVID. Uh, but it was just extremely impressive. Great route runner. Um, has the potential to be that alpha receiver for them. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and for Andy Dalton, it would certainly help. Obviously, his upside is limited, but whether it's a Russell Wilson or, or a rookie QB in the future, I do think they're going to make some changes at the quarterback position. And you want to have those skilled position players in place so that way they're ready for whenever that day comes. Nice pick. Yeah, and huge Bateman fan here as well. Um, yeah, I, w- I was probably going to mock Bateman again to the Colts. So you signed okay. me again. But um, when I look at the Colts, uh, they've had some retirements on their offensive line. I think you got to go. And again, you've invested in uh, Carson Wentz, whether that was smart or not. Um, we'll find out, but give him a shot. So I would say Tevin Jenkins is the guy. And I love Tevin Jenkins. Um, he's absolutely massive and he just again he plays with that mean streak he's probably like i know people talk about you know finishing um as a lineman like that's a huge important thing it's just uh you know until the whistle blows you're blowing guys back and he's just excellent like in all phases so um yeah give me tevin jenkins here i think it makes a lot of sense they just lost uh costanzo um it would be I just think that's ideal for the Colts to have, have Jenkins slide to them. I think they'd be super, super happy um, if that's how things turned out. Pick 22, Tennessee Titans. Um, now, this is an interesting one. Uh, they could go in a variety of directions. You know, you, you lose Dory Jackson, you lose Corey Davis. So you could go corner, you could go wide receiver. Um, they lost Conklin in free agency last year. So we could go offensive line. Um, there's a lot of options here. You know, they drafted... Um, oh, geez, what is that guy's name? The guy that Isaiah Wilson, the guy yes. that just He's not playing. <laughs> what you like, arguably, like one of the biggest busts of all time, just a complete mess of a situation. But if, if any, if the Titans have shown us anything, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, it's that they're not afraid to take risks on guys. And we saw that with Isaiah Wilson, we saw that with Jeffrey Simmons as well. So whether that's um, character or whether that's injury in the case of, of Simmons, they're not afraid to swing for the fences. So I could see them going with Caleb Farley here, but there is talk. Our, our guy Lance Zierlein is saying he doesn't think he's going to go in the first round, which is surprising, but um this back injury apparently is concerning to teams. So we'll see what happens. Drew Rosenhaus, of course, is saying, no, he's, I've been told my client will go. Maybe, did he say that about Rousseau? He said about Greg Rousseau, I think. Um, yeah. Maybe, but anyway, we see agents say all the time, oh, you know, maybe he's still going to go in the first round. So who knows with, with Caleb Farley? I just don't, I don't know if I can put him here to the Titans. So instead, another guy with some injury concerns, but less from what we've heard, at least so far than Caleb Farley is Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. I think it makes a lot of sense. Can replace a Dory Jackson. Um, you still need some help at wide receiver, but this is a pretty deep wide receiver class. I think that they could draft a receiver in round two or round three to complement AJ Brown and they'd still be in a good spot. So give me Greg Newsom to the Titans. And Jake, that leads you back to uh, I put took I made the first selection for the New York Jets. You're gonna make the second one at pick number 23. What do you think the Jets are gonna do? Uh, this is tough because I, I kind of want them to take a receiver. And um, I'd say at this point, Rondale Moore um, and Elijah Moore would be good options. But um, 
I think they might go defense because they have uh, Robert Sala come in and, you know, his calling card is obviously defense. Now, I'm torn between Jason Owe and Aziz Ojolari. Jason Owe, I, I think we, you know, it's scary because it's like he has all these measurables and still no sacks. And it makes you wonder. Um, and I know he was making, um, you know, impacts and pressures and things like that. And he actually had a pretty decent run grade. But um, I'm going to go Aziz Ojolari. Um I think it's just Robert Sala, maybe they're compensating. Um, you know, you spend one high draft pick on your quarterback. Uh, last year they spent their high draft pick on a tackle and it worked out really well. Um, I think they still have many needs all over the board. So they could go anywhere. They could go safety. They could go linebacker. They could go wherever, and it would probably make some sen- uh, kind of sense. Um, but I'll go with the edge pressure. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think Sala is going to want to put his stamp on uh, this defense and you're not going to take a, def- a defender or pick two, but you certainly can at pick number 23. So I like that pick. Uh, I'm picking for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now the Steelers, everybody is saying that they're going to take a running back, which is in my opinion, very Crazy. stupid. Yeah, because they can't block <laughs> to save their lives. I really don't understand. I think it would make a lot more sense to take a tackle or a guard here. Um, but based on all of the smoke, I am going to assign a running back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And everybody is saying that it's Najee Harris. So give me Najee Harris to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think it's necessarily going to work out. I don't think it's necessarily the right move, but I don't necessarily think the Pittsburgh Steelers are smart, Jake. So give me Harris to Pittsburgh at pick 24. How would you feel about that for fantasy in 2021? I mean, I I think he immediately enters as a fringe, you know, he's an RB2, potential RB1, uh, just given the role. Um, is his, right? It's an opportunity-based thing. Uh, their offensive line has been dreadful, though. So, like, you know, we've watched their, you know, a fair share of Steeler games just – and, you know, having investments in Steeler running backs, and it's frustrating because they just get nothing done. There's no movement. There's nothing. It's just this, like, you know, two yards in a cloud of dust, not even three. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I – I still think Harris is a good player, um, but are things going to wholesale change on that offense with a broken quarterback? Uh, probably not. And the no. thing is, they, their offense, like you look at it on paper, you're like, wow, like Juju Smith-Schuster, Claypool, Deontay Smith, or Deontay Johnson. It's like, this team should be awesome. And then it's like, oh, wait, their quarterback can't throw 10 yards, you know, or like really struggles – um, as the as the year progresses, and your answer to that, not attacking you here, obviously, but the answer to that is to draft a running back. Like I don't know, like why don't you? Like obviously they're not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback without trading up. But like fix your offensive line, like fix, uh, you know, make your defense a, a huge strength. Like adds more to it. I, I don't know. It's just to me, it's crazy that running back is going to be like the band-aid solution 
for what is seemingly going to be one last ride for Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's just really dumb in my opinion. <laughs> but it, it's they just the connections just keep being being made to to Harris there, and I just can't ignore it. So no, I it's think totally, that's what's totally going to happen, and and we'll see what happens here. But um, what a disaster if, if that's the move. Um, okay, Jake, pick twenty five, the second pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You took Trevor Lawrence for them at pick one hundred and one. What are they doing at 25th overall? This is tough. I keep saying this is tough because it's getting a little bit harder. This is where it gets hard. This is where we're going to make like, yeah, you're going to listen to this and we're going to say some things and we're going to be way off. I mean, it's, it's hard enough in the top 10, but let alone at pick 25, this this gets extremely difficult because we're in a range now where all of these we're all of the, players with a quote-unquote first-round grade have been selected, right? And now we're in this range where every team is just going to have such a big range in terms of how they view these guys. So it's hard to know where these teams are going to go. Yeah, it's it's hard because, you know, we're at that point where it's like, man, I'd love to give them someone like uh, Elijah Moore, just like a, another weapon for Trevor Lawrence. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Trevon Morig because I think he, first of all, I think as a player, I think he's an excellent player and he's uh, cut above as a safety. I think he's one of the better, like the best safety in this class. And, um, you know, guys like that, that can play, um, you know, kind of that deep safety role or also in the box. Like he, he really has a pretty diverse skill set. So uh, you know, that could be a foundational piece for that defense moving forward. And, you know, again, they have receivers. Like, it's not like they don't have pieces in place. They even have a decent running back in James Robinson. So yeah. it's like, for, for, for me, I would say draft a line or fix the defense. So I could see more going here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I can't see him falling out of the first round, just given the scarcity of the position. I'm with you. I think it makes sense. Pick number 26, Cleveland Browns. Some people are saying the Browns are a sneaky Super Bowl contender, Jake. So we'll see what happens. Agreed. They, they're going to be maybe picking even lower next year. Give me Jason Owe, not going too far away from uh, Ohio. Uh, Jason Owe out of Penn State. I think uh, he is, like you were already talking about him earlier, just the measurables are insane on this guy. I think if you're the Browns, you can – take a swing for the fences they want to have somebody opposite of miles garrett they signed Jadavian Clowney, but Clowney, i'm sorry Clowney's just not very good um we overrated just in my opinion he's yeah. very overrated i mean there was that huge huge sack where he killed that dude when he was in college <laughs> in south carolina you remember that right yeah where you can like hear the guard be like oh like he's grunting like as he's going down um I honestly think if that clip didn't come out, I think people would view Jadavian Clowney a little bit differently. Um, but I think Owe, if he can develop with Miles Garrett, oh my gosh, that is going to be so scary going against the Cleveland Browns. And I think you need that um, in their division with all those high-powered offenses. So um, Owe to the Browns at pick number 26. You are on the clock, sir. Pick number 27. Uh, the first of two first round picks for the Baltimore Ravens following the Orlando Brown trade. Right. And um, 
you know, the logical thing is, do they draft a lineman? Do they draft another tackle just to replace him? Um, or do they say, okay, we need to give Lamar more weapons? I think that's pretty clear. Um, now the question is, what do they do in terms of what receivers do they lean on? Um, I feel like Elijah Moore, I know he is not huge. Um, and he's more of a slot type, but I look at Rondale Moore, Rondale Moore, Rondale Moore, part of me is what? Five foot seven, five, eight, five, seven. Kadarius Tony's not really that big. And Kadarius Tony's kind of similar to Hollywood Brown. I think Elijah Moore is a, a logical fit. I think he helps Lamar in the short intermediate game. Um, Ole Miss, I, again, like the, the whole university, like, oh, you can't draft Ohio State quarterback. Uh, can we say the same thing about Ole Miss receivers? Like Ole Miss receivers are – they're on a roll as of late. And, yeah. and I think like – I don't know. Maybe he could be the next one. But um, I really like Elijah Moore. And, uh, again, got to upgrade for Lamar. Uh, I don't know if you saw this today. This was very interesting. Bucky Brooks was suggesting that – the Ravens should trade up for Justin Fields. Did you what? see this? It was something, I don't know if he was saying trade up, but he was saying like if Justin Fields is on the board, they should draft him and use Lamar at the same time. I'll send you this after because I might oh be uh, taking him out of context, but it was something to that effect where I was like, what the hell? Anyway, Elijah Moore at 27. Okay, this is Bucky Brooks' tweet. The Ravens are the one team that can utilize this approach because they're systematic on offense. They're like Army, so they can plug and play with a dynamic dual threat at QB with similar success. No disrespect to number eight, but college supplies plenty of QBs that fit the bill. It's cost-effective and enables the Ravens to keep a five-star cast in place on both sides of the ball. I'm not saying that they will do it, but some teams should explore utilizing a collegiate model at QB. Unless you have an elite QB, let them graduate and find another. Don't overpay for average performance and production. I come back to it comes back to bite you in the end. Food for thought. Wow, that is crazy. So yeah. um, we're just going to forget that Lamar won MVP in, in 2019. No big deal. Uh, he, he's just a guy that we could just kick to the curb. Jeez. Um, uh, okay, pick 28, New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints need corner help. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Um, again, uh, I think Caleb Farley there. With Marshawn Lattimore, ooh, that would be amazing if it worked. That would be so good if it worked. But the injuries. So I think they're worried about that. I think teams are going to get scared off. So give me Asante Samuel Jr. Um, he's got NFL bloodlines. They can make sense. Have him play opposite Lattimore. He'll be solid. And um, then maybe the Saints don't need to sign Richard Sherman after the draft. We'll see what happens. But give me Asante Samuel Jr. Jake, you're on the clock for the Packers at pick number 29. We are about to wrap and things up. We're getting close to the end. Yeah, this one, this one's interesting because I just want them to draft a receiver so desperately. Like it just makes too much sense for them not to load up you know, and, and, and truly like take advantage of this last little stretch of um, Aaron Rodgers' career. And I think, again, he was MVP last year. Like, give this guy some help. Um, I'm going to take my opinion out of it because I love Rondell Moore. 
but everyone keeps saying uh, Kadarius Tony is going to be a first-round player. Um, so if that is the case, I think he might go here. Um, I think he'll be at the probably last five or so picks of this draft or of the first round. Um, you know, I think it's – and maybe you agree with me. I think it's fairly safe to say that he'll probably be a first-round pick. Um, so why not Green Bay? Like, it would be – honestly, it would be a little bit funny if they didn't draft a receiver again or they drafted, like, out of, you know, Davis Mills or something ridiculous, right? But I'm not suggesting they would ever do that. But, yeah, get some help, you know, load up. Don't make it just all on Devonta Adams or Devonta Adams. Give, give him some, some time to rest. I think Tony would be amazing in the Packers offense, by the way. I love Kadarius Tony. I'd love to see him in Green Bay. Um, Rondell Moore would be great as well. But um, oh, I, I would, it's just too – we can't have nice things, Drake. We just can't have nice things. So that's it's all too good of say. a fit, hey? It's too good of a fit. But hope it happens. Uh, pick 30, Buffalo Bills. Okay, now we're going Caleb Farley. <laughs> they, they, the Bills are in a position where they're deep across the board. They can take some swings. They can afford to miss – if Caleb Farley hits and they get him at 30, oh my gosh, Tredavious White, Caleb Farley, sign me up. The Bills, um, I mean, you could argue, they're, you can already argue that they're the favorite in the AFC, but if, if they have Farley and he, he turns out and he reaches, lives up to his potential, watch out. Um, pick 31, Jake, Baltimore Ravens. Pick number, their second pick in the first round, thanks to that Orlando Brown trade. Yeah, this, again, um, we've already addressed offense. We got or addressed a receiver. Oh, man. I don't, you know what? I'm going to give them, because uh, again, this is kind of a player that, from what I've understood, um, is a bit hard to, to gather, um, you know, a true evaluation on him just from. Uh, yeah, some people love him, some people hate him. I think it's going to be a tackle because obviously they have traded Orlando Brown. I think they go Alex Leatherwood, the Alabama tackle. Um, they could have gone uh, Dylan Radins from North Dakota State. Um, but I think Leatherwood, I don't know, he just screams like Alabama bloodlines, like that kind of um, the way the Ravens draft. Um, very plus athlete. It just makes sense at this point. And, um, you know, you're hoping that he's like an Orlando Brown. I, I don't think he is, but um, you address two spots on your, your offense that were, you know, going to be weaknesses heading into the season. So, you know, that wouldn't be like if, if the Ravens end up doing that, that's a pretty decent haul for them in the first round. And again, if you're a Lamar Jackson owner, you're probably pretty happy. Oh, you're thrilled. I think that would be a slam dunk. If they could walk away with Elijah Moore and Leatherwood um, or a, a, a similar tackle or similar receiver, um, I think that's fantastic for Lamar Jackson. And again, I, I don't understand what Bucky Brooks is saying on Twitter. Uh, pick number 32, the last pick of the first round. This is a luxury pick. I think the Bucks could do a lot of different things. Give me Jamin Davis. He's a guy who has really shot up draft boards um, a lot of people are big fans of his uh, great measurables, uh, good story. I think um, he'd be a great fit 
in uh, to add on to that Bucks defense and um they'd be I think they can do a variety of things so I could see them going QB I could see them going receiver I could see them going offensive line it's tons tons of different options for them um Jacob thank you so much man this was so much fun we'll find out how uh how well we did uh, once all of this is over uh, Thursday night. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at FFC pod. Uh, so that way you can hear our, and you can subscribe as well on, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And that way you'll be ready uh, to get uh, our 2022 mock draft podcast uh, one year from now. Yes. <laughs> or, you know what, maybe this time if we do have listeners, we follow up with some fantasy fits or, or something like that. But um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, still some good players on the board. Um, still running back, still receivers on the board that would probably have some fantasy value. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun draft. I'm super pumped for it. And probably the most unpredictable one we've ever had. Yeah. I'm looking I'm forward willing, to I'm it. willing to, to, to say that that's the case. It's going to be fun, man. All right. Uh, For Jacob Hall, I'm Jordan Parhar. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Peace out.